Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. But first, today we're talking to a solid guy, just the kind of guy you trust your kids with. And he's got a solid business that's well-researched, but he's stuck. What's he stuck on? Where do I get my hands on the cash? I'm going to help this guy out. He deserves it. Listen in. So you have a ton of things you're passionate about, and you're following every one of those passions and doing a great job. When is it time to take one of them by the neck and build it into a business? Hey, Barbara, it's Chris from Kentucky. I'm needing some guidance on transitioning from the full-time employer day job to the startup of a SaaS technology startup I'm working on and needing some advice on when to take a salary out of my initial first round of fundraising. Any guidance on this would be great. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for taking the time. It's Barb. Hey, it's an honor to speak with you, Barbara. Thank well, you so much. I, I'll return the compliment. Again, I appreciate your time. So first off, why don't you tell me, what's your tech startup? What's that about? It's called Build360, mm-hmm. and it's a um, platform for the construction technology industry mm-hmm. that provides an integrated platform for construction companies and home builders, the opportunity to receive pre-sold leads from a virtual reality and augmented reality um, home design uh, platform. At the core of it, help me with this because those are a lot of fancy words that leave me behind a bit. I got it sort of, but sort of didn't. In the end, the purpose of that business is to provide leads. Correct. And leads to do what with? For builders to be more efficient with their time, uh, the average builder spends, let's stick residential for right now, say a custom home. Mm -hmm. I built my custom home in 2013. That's where this kind of came about. The average builder wastes about 40% of unnecessary communication going back and forth between making changes and Mm. spending time with leads that the majority of time don't even sign a contract with a builder that they've actually interviewed. They actually end up going to the competitor. Oh, okay. This actually eliminates all that unnecessary back and forth and also gets you an estimate where like, say me as the homeowner, I want to shop, say five different builders who are building in my neighborhood. I can actually shop that after I design my home. And then um, it's a B2B SaaS. So the builders have a membership that they pay to receive these leads. You're marketing to the consumer who wants to build his own house or you're marketing it or you are and also marketing it in the other direction to the actual builder or not? Yes. Both. A double sell. It is. But the nice part is it's free for for me. If I'm building my home, it's free for me. Mm -hmm. So there's no barrier to entry on my side. And I have a nice database through uh, county government where I can look up all the land purchases that have been recently sold. So I know exactly who to target in my marketing. Okay. You sound like extremely organized guy, Chris, are you? Oh yes. Very organized. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I didn't used to be, but, um, fortunately I've done some, a couple startups that worked and some that failed and 
that's kind of where I've learned. And may I ask you the net net on the startups that failed and worked? Are you ahead? I am not ahead, no. So are you digging yourself out of a financial hole? No, I was all in on this one. My last idea, I found out I was up against Google Ventures. Little competitor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I bailed on that one, lost a lot of money on it, but I actually cashed out my retirement earlier this year Mm -hmm. and paid off all our debt. So now I can make a move with this one. Okay, good. You're a brave soul. A lot of people would uh, close up shop and go on home with their tail between their legs, but you're right back out here with a new idea. Yeah, that's how I'm wired. Is your wife in support of the idea? Oh, yes, very much so. She knows I'm passionate about this and I've always been an innovator um, and I've always succeeded in sales. That's what my background is. But because she has the same passion from a negative experience where we built our home, like I said, in 2013, she can see the need for this because we did that together. So let me ask you a few quick questions. Why do you want to quit your day job? Honestly, because I'm at that step to where I've surveyed enough builders that I know, I don't want to say product market fit by no means, but I know what they're willing to pay for the product. Mm, Good for you. And they are willing to pay. Enough of them are willing to pay for the product. Yeah, 21 out of the 22 I've interviewed are willing to pay at a price higher than I expected. Is that right? And you believe them. They weren't just saying trying to make you feel good because you're a nice guy. No, no, no. I only knew one of them. I didn't know any of the other ones. Good for you. So they were really cold calls. All right. Right. And have you tested the other side of the marketplace for the consumer? Are they willing to use it? And how did you actually accomplish that? I did a survey monkey. I did a poll on social media for friends and family Mm -hmm. and got 16 people who had just built the home uh, or in the last year. And then I also got about 20 people who are in the process who have just bought land Mm -hmm. or who are in the process of finding a builder. And 100% of the people would have used this product. There wasn't a single person that wouldn't have used it. And it was like 38 people. Okay. Well, you know, Chris, my hat's off to you because it's rare that I speak with an entrepreneur who actually does the spade work to feel if people will buy the product they're contemplating launching. Good for you. You did Thank not you. only one spade work, but you did both sides. The guy who's going to pay the builder. And you also went and took the time to qualify to see if people would actually use the product from the consumer right. side. All right. right. So it sounds to me like you're ready to launch. Mm -hmm. Can you afford to quit your day job? No. My goal is to find an angel investor who, or friends and family, whatever Uh comes first, I guess. So, you know, I would pay myself a very modest salary for living expenses. And then I've got three software developers who have equity, just a small amount of equity in the Uh C-Corp. And the MVP is finished as of literally Two days ago. Mm -hmm. They have a good team of people on the technology front, right? Yes. Have Mm -hmm. you tried to fundraise for it yet or you're about to set out there? You said you were preparing for your deck when I first spoke with you. I'm probably 95% done with the deck. I haven't officially pitched it to anybody. I have typed up a fundraising letter for friends and family. Mm -hmm. And I have basically an address book ready to mail that, but I have Mm -hmm. not sent it yet. I've got several verbal commitments from people in the church and friends of the family who have already committed verbally, but nothing officially has been done yet. Okay. So I'm not sure what problem you have. You sound to me like you've got a phenomenal gun. It's shiny. It's freshly loaded and you're ready to fire. What's the problem? There's not really a problem as much as there is. What step do I want to take? Do I want to go friends and family? Do I want to go VC, uh, angel? I don't want to raise a lot of money and dilute myself, uh, but I also want someone 
who is vested enough to help me. I want to move the needle quickly. I'll just say that. And I'm afraid that if I do a small friends and family round, that it's not going to move the needle quick enough. And I'm afraid of a competitor letting this get leaked and a competitor beating me to it with deeper pockets. May I ask you, why could you not do that initially and follow it right up with uh, angel funding? Why could you not get a, a more limited amount of money that you need from friends and family and then follow it up with another round of funding? That, could, that would work fine, probably. Mm-hmm. I think a two-step is what's in order here. But okay. I think you ought to be really careful in analyzing how much money you think you'll need for what period of time and then increasing it by 50%. I've never seen anyone do a projection where it didn't wind up being 50% higher. Why? I don't know. I don't know what the logic to that is. But people never come in on budget. Never. And you feel bound, and then you feel the terrible obligation to go back to friends and families or to your angel investors and apologize for not meeting the goals. Not a good idea. Not a good way to start a relationship. Have you ever raised funding before? Uh, Never. Never. Yeah. Other than uh, some advisors, uh, that's all I've gotten is some uh, some advising. Uh, I consider doing some crowdfunding for this, mm-hmm. but I didn't know if that was the right step due to competition getting wind of it. Well, not only does competition get wind of it, but it's also a difficult thing for the common man to say, whoa, I got to get in on that. You know, it's not a widget. Widgets do really, really well in crowdfunding if it's the right widget. Yeah, I think you're ready for the big time. The big time going to friends and family, how much are you trying to raise from them? If I said right now without polishing your numbers, how much money do you want to raise from friends and family? How much would it be? If I did a small round with just them, it'd yeah. be 150000 Yeah, and how many people do you think you'd have to jump in to get the 150000 I would say around twenty-five. Yeah, that's not a lot of people. What if you needed two twenty-five instead of one hundred and fifty? How many people would you have to get or would you get more money from each person? How would that work? I would probably get more from each person. Yeah. You know what I think? I think you have to up what you're looking for. This is how you strike me, Chris. You're a straight shooter, 150% straight shooter. You're not going to mislead anybody on anything. You're like rock solid. You're that kind of an individual that people respect, which is going to make fundraising easier for you than it will be for the next guy. But the flip side of being that straight shooter is you're going to measure everything to the penny. And unfortunately, life happens. And when life happens, another competitor comes in. You have to increase the spend. You have to do this. You have to do that. You need a special person who can accomplish something for you fast. You're going to have to hire them. You're going to find that you have other expenses. So my advice would be, one, ask for more money than you think. Second, go to friends and family initially. But rather than going out with just that amount and then thinking, I'll come back and get angel investing later, give yourself the big picture. Really, how much money do you need over the next two to three years? And then back into those two tiers of funding. Does that make sense? The numbers that you actually need? Yes. Yeah. My goal is uh, 750000 over two years. Okay. So your goal is 750000 over two years. I would make that up by 25% and say my goal is a million dollars over two years or nine ninety nine. dollars if that feels better on you. But okay. then back into what chunk do you need from friends and family? What's likely to be raised? And then the second tier, when would you go out for the other funding? When would you need the additional monies? And then you go out and you get that. I think when you go out and pitch to the investment groups, they're going to receive you well. I appreciate that. That's And they should. It's beyond a compliment because you earned it. You approached your whole business in a most logical way in the language that investors speak, which are black and white, dollars and cents, and caution at every step. But now's the time to throw caution to the wind and get yourself out there and start getting the money. 
I agree. Okay. And good for you. You have a tough wife who's behind you. She really makes you get up at 5 a.m. if you want to get your work done before the kids get up. No, I choose to do that. So she keeps a smile on her face when she gets home. Wow. You're not only a good businessman, Chris. You seem like a wonderful husband and dad. Good for you. Thank you so much. You got life by the tail. I'll be rooting for you. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. My friends at On Deck Business Loans. Now let's get back to the show. Hi, Barbara. My name's Kelly, and I'm calling from Mason City, Iowa. I feel like this has probably been asked before, but what kind of advice would you give to someone who has a lot of good ideas and wants to become an entrepreneur but doesn't know specifically what to hone in on or how to go about finding what it is that they could possibly find solutions for. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Barbara. Let me tell you, you have the friendliest voice, I have to say. I heard that voice and what a friendly girl. I could feel her smile all the way in New York from Mason City, Iowa. Thank you. (laughs) I bet you're smiling all the time, right? (laughs) Sometimes, yes. (laughs) What are you doing now, Kelly, for a living? I work in my local emergency room and I interview patients and do data entry to their charts. Oh, is it a job you like? I do like it. It's probably not what I want to do forever. I'm also a non-traditional student pursuing a degree in creative nonfiction writing right now. You got to be kidding. How do you get data entry and creative writing in the same person? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Which are you better at? Probably writing. You think you're better at it? In other words, on a scale of one to 10, if you were rating yourself for your day job, what rating would you give yourself? And if I said a scale of one to 10 in your creative writing pursuits, what number would you give yourself on a scale of one to 10? For my data entry job, I would probably give myself a nine. Wow, pretty damn good. Yeah, I'm very accurate and I've done it enough years that I know what I'm doing. And I would probably give myself a nine for writing also, but the scale is more meaningful for writing for me. And what are you writing about? Personal experiences, childhood memories, and also my journey through physical and mental self-improvement. My gosh, is this something you feel you're writing for your own account or something that you want to share with other people? Both. It really helps me a lot, but I also want to share with other people. And you've been doing it a while, Kelly? Several years, yeah. You sound to me like you're pretty committed to it. It's not a passing whim or, oh, wouldn't this be interesting, but something you really are fairly committed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My next question to you is, were you thinking when you're saying you have a lot of passions other than the creative writing and the data entry, I would even call that a passion if you're giving yourself a nine, you know? Yeah. Just because you get it down very often, get some skill set down, you stop to think at times it's not a passion, but if you're doing that well, it usually was to begin with. Are there other things you're interested in? That sounds like a full plate. Are there other things that you're pursuing? Well, as far as personal things, I really like to be involved in my local music community and support local artists. And I'm really into holistic lifestyle choices also. Holistic lifestyle. What form does that take? What kind of foods you're eating, Mm. making better choices about what you're putting in your body versus what kind of medicines you can take Mm -hmm. and the power of mental improvement through exercise and yoga and different forms of 
just improving your body and improving your mind. Talking about holistic lifestyle, is this something you enjoy for doing yourself or is it something you like to share with other people, include other people? Probably both for that also. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how about the local music? The same thing? Mostly for myself. Mm -hmm. You just like discovering new artists, supporting them, listening to music. Okay. You sound like the original Renaissance, not man, but lady. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Are there other things in your basket? I'm running out of paper here. I'm making a few notes. (laughs) (laughs) I do enjoy writing collaboratively with my friends and thinking of skits and sketches to write. And I'm trying to get into photography also, but I wouldn't call that a serious hobby by any means. And bicycling, adventuring in nature, just kind of exploring all sorts of things. If I gave you a test on how curious is Kelly about life, you would probably go off the charts. Am I right? (laughs) I think so. My gosh, it's great. Uh, You must have had a great mom that was curious. You don't just get born curious like that without people opening doors. Yeah, absolutely. Was she that kind of a, a gal similar to how you are? Yeah, my parents always took me different places when I was a child. So I think that influenced me a lot. Okay, Kelly, uh, you have to give uh, your mom a compliment when you see her next and tell her I think she's done a spectacular job with you. Well, thank you. I will. Pretty amazing. (laughs) Oh, she doesn't even have to love me. I'm just telling you, she did a great job. If she gets somebody who's already grown up filled with wonderment, and that's how I would describe you, filled with wonderment. Now, let me ask you, are any of those things you're doing money makers? Can you envision making money on any of them? Data entry, of course, that's your day job. You're making money. Yeah, absolutely. And my writing teacher at my college told me that I should explore ways to showcase my writing. And that's something I'm trying to investigate, but it's hard to make money with blogs unless you get really popular. So I do need to do some research there and figure out what could possibly make money from that. Mm -hmm. And how about your interest in music, the holistic lifestyle with the eating, the writing collaboration, the photography and bicycling? Is there anything there that could make money, like pay your rent? You know, I don't know. All right. Well, here's my spin on it. Okay. Right or wrong? Because your question actually was, what specifically can I do? I'd like to become an entrepreneur. It's interesting in all of those descriptions, you never once mentioned the word entrepreneur. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. At my college, entrepreneurship is something they've kind of been trying to showcase to us a lot. They had us read a book called Who Owns the Ice House? And that really inspired me to want to kind of seek out ways to solve problems in my life. But I don't really know what I can do to do that and start a business or help other people. What's interesting, though, is in questioning I had that list, I never heard you say you really want to be an entrepreneur. Is that something that you wake up in the morning thinking, man, I got to be an entrepreneur. I got to think of something. I got to be an entrepreneur. Or is it something that you added to your curiosity list of other things you really want to delve into? I would say it's added to my curiosity list. I am interested in being a self-employed person someday, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I don't really know exactly how. Here's my advice to you. I'm not familiar with that book you just referenced. I'm eager to actually read it because I'm always looking for a good business book. But businesses are rarely built on passions. I think that's the biggest misnomer out there. People feel Mm -hmm. they feel passionate, feel passionate that this has got a really good shot at working, this idea. Wrap myself around this idea. This has got a good shot at working. But businesses are rarely built around passion once in a while. But businesses are built on solving a problem or answering a real need. 
Okay. That's the key to every business that makes money. Remember, a business isn't a hobby. It could feel like a hobby. It could feel like the love of your life. It could feel like it's what you're dying to get up and do every day. You can't wait to get to work. But in the end, if it doesn't solve a problem or answer a need, you can't make money on it. It's mm-hmm. not a business, okay? Mm-hmm. The list of what you've done here and where your heart is and where your mind is is in the whole arena of great many curiosities. And I wouldn't even touch that or change it. You're in the coveted position of being intensely interested and actually acting on your interest on many, many different things that make your fabric so much richer than the average Joe I ever talked to. I could talk with you probably over 10 dinners and never get bored because you know something and enough and you love enough things to really discuss it and be interesting and get satisfaction out of it. I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I think what you should do is enjoy what you do best, which is to open doors and see what's behind them and then be enthusiastic and share it with your friends. I think that's what you do well. And if along the way you step into something, one of those things where it really solves a problem, oh my God, I really need that. I have to have that. Could I pay you to do it? That's how you might wind up being an entrepreneur. But I don't think it's really what floats your boat. That's what I think. I think you have passions you should pursue and you are and you're doing it better than anybody I've ever spoken to. I envy you. But I think also you should let yourself off the hook. You can't be everything to everybody. And I don't think entrepreneurship is one of the ones on your list. What do you think of that? Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. Okay, Kelly, go in peace. Oh, thank you. Go in peace. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody needs to be. Be (laughs) yourself. And that Kelly I was just speaking to seems pretty damn terrific. Thank you so much. Okay, very nice chatting with you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Carlos in Milwaukee asked me on Twitter, I have a question about financing. Do I need to be in business for a certain amount of time before I can apply for a sizable loan? Carlos, many lenders are wary of startups because they appear less credit worthy on paper. Okay. And probably if you were in the banking business, you would have to have some kind of parameters like, yes, we do this. No, we don't do that. And that's what banks do. They equate creditworthiness with history of time. So if you're in business five years and you're still in business, hey, let's trust this guy. If you're in business one year, maybe we shouldn't trust this guy. And that's why it's very hard to get funding from traditional banks. But lucky for all the small businesses out there, there are other ways to get loans for a business so that you could expand the business and get the money you need to grow at the rate that you really want to grow. I would say you should be giving my friends at OnDeck a call because I know their parameter is that you only have to be in business a year. They don't put a lot of weight on how long you've been in business. They just want to know you have a good business. So if you've got a good business, give OnDeck a call and see what they have to say. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised that you can get your hands on the money that you need. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 